through 25 seasons. Hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. She's five foot six, weighs 80 pounds. She's so weak, she can barely hold her child. She has no sex drive and sometimes has suicidal thoughts. Her husband begs her to eat. And everybody tells her she looks scary, but she just doesn't see it. She used to be a NASA engineer. Now she calls herself the walking dead. Now, this may surprise you at first, but I know that there are millions of you watching right now who have a lot in common with her. We ask women across America this question, what's missing in your life? I'm asking you that now. What's missing in your life? The number one answer by far, nothing else came even close, was love for myself. That was the answer we got. The woman you are about to meet clearly has anorexia. That might not be how it shows up for you, but I want you to pay close attention because I know what I'm talking about here. What I'm about to say is this. If you smoke, if you overeat, if you drink too much, if you use drugs, if you overspend, if you work too much, even gossip, those are all signs of self-hatred. Lee, come on up here. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you for being a part of our show. Now, Lee is here to share her story. My name is Lee, and I am 38 years old. I've been married for 11 years. I have two children. I'm 5'6". My weight now is roughly 82 pounds. It's been up the highest ever to 127 and the lowest being 78. Lee started losing weight after her first husband left her. Just gradually kept going down. People started to notice and at first they were like, oh, well, you've lost weight, you know, you look really good. And I guess I kind of kept taking it further and further. For 13 years, Lee has been obsessed with her scale, sometimes weighing herself 12 times a day. To be honest, will freak me out because this morning when I weighed with no clothes on, it was 80 before I had to drink any coffee or anything. It's funny, it's because it, you always look at like this number, 80, 90, 100. Once you've gone below it, you don't want to go back over it. Even though Lee weighs less than an average 10-year-old girl, she just sees fat. I can probably tell you now, honestly, maybe my arms, my arms are too skinny, but I never will ever say my abs are too, you know, my stomach is too thin. Of course, I know I've had two babies and I try to be realistic that there's going to be some loose skin, but you know, it just always feels like it's just like really, really huge to me right there. Lee is so tiny, she has to shop in the children's section. It's kind of just a, it's just a weird, almost sometimes sickening kind of feeling, thinking that I'm having to buy children's clothes, especially thinking about having a child who's, you know, almost as big as me now. And I, and I, I don't want to be this way forever. I just want to be normal again. 
Lee used to work out two hours a day, but now 20 minutes is all her weak body can take. Anorexia has taken so much from me because, you know, I'm so focused on it. My children, I feel like, have been denied a lot from me. My husband has obviously been denied a lot of love over the years. It's just, basically, it's consumed everything. I mean, it's stolen me. It's robbed me of just about every bit of happiness that I could have had over the past 13 years. Okay, you've got to help us understand this, because I've done shows about anorexia over, you know, the period of 20 years that we've been on the air. I never can get it. I never do understand how you look in the mirror, looking the way you do, and you don't see what I see. No, no, I don't. And, you know, I've tried over the years to try to accept the fact to see what people tell me they see, but you can't see it. What do There's, you see? Well, it's my abs, I'll think, I'll just say, oh, they're so huge. You know, they're just sticking out. I look terrible. And, you know, I, now I've at least started to accept the fact that my arms do look a little thin. Look a little thin? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And so you say you feel like a zombie. Yeah. How long have you been this way? Oh, gosh. Oh, six, seven, eight years. Seven, you know? eight years. Yeah, it's just gradually gotten worse. Yeah. But um, I do. I feel like I, sometimes I'm just, just, just going in the motions. Uh-huh. So you say... Um, that you have both physically and emotionally disappeared? Yeah. 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 I, you know, I used to be the life of the party. I was so fun, so happy. We could do so many things. And then it just, you know, it just has taken that from me. Nobody really wants to be around me anymore. Going out to eat is no fun if you want to go with me. So, no. you know. Because you eat what? Well, I, I don't eat a whole lot if we go out to eat. Mm -hmm. Th that lack, I guess, of control and preparation of the food, mm -hmm. I, I don't feel what comfortable. What do you eat? What do you eat? At home, I yeah. will, yeah, at home I will eat like, I'll start out really well. I'll have a little natural peanut butter with some banana mm -hmm. and um, whole wheat bread for toast for in the morning and then, or cottage cheese and fruit or yogurt and fruit, something like that. And then some, t a little bit of meat and salad, you know, with salad. That's basically mm -hmm. what I'll eat. But if you go out, it freaks you out? Yeah. In what way? Well, I don't know what for sure that's in there. You know, I might say no oil, but do they put oil in there, you know, mm -hmm. or butter? But um, I would usually order a salad. Because you're worried about gaining anything. True. Yeah, uh -huh. even though I know, I mean, I've come to a point where I know that I want to get better and I, I need to do this, gain the weight. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I still I can't really take that step. So tell me, um, something happened when you had a milkshake? You drank a whole milkshake once? Yeah, that's been, oh, four See, four years ago, I guess. Four years ago. Yeah, and um, we had taken my son for ice cream, and we'd been in an amusement park, and I was very hot. I hadn't eaten maybe an apple that day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I ordered it because I wanted a taste of a milkshake. And I told my husband, I said, well, you can, you can have the rest of it. He goes, no, you're going to drink this whole thing. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, it was so good, I did drink the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, I was having a problem with this. And so and as we were leaving, I looked at the calorie counts they post on the walls, you know, now. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. Because? It was probably 600 calories or something, more than I had probably at that time even eaten in a day. Uh-huh. And we had to get in the car and drive four hours home. And I was just like, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. You're staying in this car, and you're going to enjoy that, and you're going to go home and be fine. You know, so, I mean, I literally, I was shaking. Because you took in 600 yeah, calories? at that one okay. time. Okay, I don't understand it. I have the opposite issue, so I'm trying to see... <laughs> I really, I really do, and, 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 and I understand. I mean, anybody who's watched me over the years, uh, me struggle with weight, it's really not, a, for me, it's not about weight, it's about being in balance. And so when my life gets out of balance, I eat 
for stressful reasons. But I, this, I just don't get. So how do you think your anorexia is affecting your children? Oh, gosh, you know, I want to pray and say it's not. You know, I really want that, but we watched my oldest son. And well, that would be crazy to even think that it's not affecting your children. True. Yeah. I mean, true, but, you, you know, can you can always pray you want, but it's not. Yeah, but, you, you know, he, um, yeah. he, I mean, he eats. My children eat, yeah. but they see how I eat, and, you know, I think now that just watching them, they'll, they don't eat snacks. They don't eat a lot of the. I mean, they'll eat some sweets. I mean, and I buy it for them. It's not that I try to keep it from them. But, you know, I just worry about my oldest, whether or not he's well, really going to Well, this is what eat. your nine-year-old son, uh, Benton, wants you to know. I wish my mom could play longer with me. Because of her energy loss, she sometimes just doesn't feel like doing anything. I feel kind of sad because... My dad usually gets on to her because she doesn't eat enough. And he always says, if you put on about 30 more pounds, I'd be happy. I feel a little sad for her because I know she can't put on 30 more pounds because she doesn't eat enough. At supper, she usually eats way before us. Sometimes I would like to prepare supper for her so that she can eat a little more. When um, my mom and dad are in the arguments and I'm still awake, I get pretty scared when my dad yells. And uh, my mom usually just says, this is the way I want it. She asks me sometimes if she needs to gain a little more weight, so she knows that I'm thinking about it. Usually I don't ask her because I don't know if it will hurt her feelings or not telling her that she needs to gain a little more weight, that she needs to play with us more. If I asked her that, well, she, she'll probably say, I'm doing the best I can. God. Oof. I guess they understand more than you think, don't they? Indeed, they do. I have to tell you, that's about one of the saddest things I ever heard. It's about one of the saddest things I've ever heard. And I heard a lot. And uh, I think this is really great, though. I think it's great because for every single parent who's watching this, regardless of what your disease of choice is, what your disorder of choice is, what your imbalance of choice is, you are hiding nothing from your children. You are hiding nothing. They take it all in. They take it all in. And you see your nine-year-old boy already taking on your stuff, taking on responsibility for you, saying, being able to express verbally that he feels sad. Can you imagine what he goes through, what he has felt? No. Yeah. I, I, You're changing the possibility of who he could be in the world. You are, you are changing that. You are altering. And I know you care about your children and you love your children, but you are damaging them daily. Your self-hatred is damaging them daily. You see that now, don't I you? see that now, oh, you know. And it's deeper than that. That's just a, you know, it's horrible. minute don't, and a half I don't conversation. Ruin him. Yeah, I don't want to ruin him. He's a wonderful child. Both yeah. my children yeah. are. Yeah, Well, They deserve so much more. Yeah. You deserve so much more. Lee's husband is here. What do you say? When you, did that not make you sad? Very sad. Yeah. To see Benton say that? And I'm sure you've been very sad and confused. And what is this, right? Right. I don't understand it. It's beyond me. Yeah, I know. And Dr. Robin Smith says that Lee's anorexia boils down to one thing, self-hatred. Self-hatred. 
So that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, and so in that way, when you see, because I think of myself at my heaviest, I was 237 pounds. I'm thinking I was really liking myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is the same. It is. Exactly. Obesity and anorexia, anorexia is the same. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the flip side of the coin. One side is I'm evaporating, yeah. which is what you're doing, and the other side is I'm exploding. I'm imploding on myself. Exactly. Yeah. But both destroy yeah. the body and they destroy the spirit. Yes. And people who smoke, same thing. People who smoke, people who gossip, yeah. people who are rageaholics, people yeah. who criticize people. It is the exact same route. But also, but isn't it different degrees? Isn't it different degrees? Well, different degrees depending upon how much self-destruction it is causing and, yeah. in this instance, how much destruction it is causing to those who are on our watch, which means our children. See, when you have children, and I've said this many times, I feel we give up our rights to self-destruct. You don't have the right anymore to self-destruct because there are people depending on you. But I think, Lee, you say that you, I know you told my producers this, that you don't necessarily believe you're gonna to live to see your children grow up. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's really started concerning me. Yeah. But when, when you say it's concerning you, concerning you, obviously not enough to do anything about it. Exactly, and that's the real Because piece. you're not worried about, you're thinking about yourself, you're not really thinking about how it's affecting your family? A lot of times, yeah, because you're so consumed with what you're dealing with. It, it, it eats your life away. It consumes your thoughts. Okay, first of all, Robin, I, I really, you know, plead ignorance on this because I don't see, I don't see that she doesn't see that she's 80 pounds. Yes. I don't see that she yeah. doesn't see that. So explain that to us. Yes, and I think one of the things that you're talking about is when did you actually start becoming missing in action? Because that's what it is. You're missing from your own life. When did it start? Well, I mean, it really started probably 13 years ago. Let me make a suggestion. Way before 13 years ago. Okay. I want to know when in your childhood did you feel absent, unimportant, invisible? See, and I don't know. I don't know if I can put a point in my childhood. I, don't, I had a wonderful childhood, wonderful parents that loved and adored me. Mm -hmm. And so, when you were born, um, did you have siblings? Yeah, You're, I'm adopted. You're adopted. And so, let's stop there for just a moment. How does it feel that you were given up? As a child, you wonder, why didn't someone love me? Okay, and so part of what I want us to start thinking about is that that child, you know, you're shopping in the children's department for your clothing. In many ways, you are still a child who is still asking, why am I unimportant? And how do I know that? Because you're evaporating. You are becoming invisible, and you are willing to die and allow your children. And this is not to judge you. It's just so that you can awaken yeah. about how serious this is. You are willing to die and leave your children and your husband alone. And in some ways, why, Oprah? To prove the fact that she wasn't worthy enough. That she was not worthy. That so. she wasn't worthy at birth to be kept. Yeah. And she's not worthy to live even now. Deep. That is very, deep. Very yeah. deep. So the core issue here is rejection. Absolutely. For her, Absolutely. it's rejection. And so when we are rejected as children, and we don't understand why, mm -hmm. we're, we're given up, and it could be for a very good reason, it, but it doesn't matter. All mm -hmm. I know is somebody gave me up. Mm -hmm. And you know what I then do? I carry that rejection, and what you're doing is you don't feed yourself physically, or emotionally, or spiritually, 
you are replicating. It means you're redoing that pain and showing yourself that I deserve to be rejected. And Brian, you beg her to eat, oh, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. But it's not about... It's not about, well, and that's why that won't work. And also the begging actually gives her more attention. Yeah. You know, one of the questions I'd have even for you is, have you yourself and taken your sons and gone to therapy? In other words, you know, if the ship is going down, do you plan on it going down with you and your sons in it? Yes, we'll be there. Well, that's a problem. And that's part well, of why I'm, no, 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 no. I, see, you meant what you just said. In other words, because we think love means... I'm going to go down with you. I'll go down with the ship. And what I'm saying is when we have kids, some parent must say, if this ship is sinking, it will not take my children down with it. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. It will not take my children. And that that is love. That is love, yeah. too. That's not love. That is not... That is not love. That's no. sacrificing your children. Right. And I know this is a reawakening for you because, I mean, you know, I feel so for Brian, really. I'm sitting there Absolutely. and I just... I, I feel your heart, Brian, because this would be totally confusing. What do you do? And I know there have been many times where, you know, you get angry, you try to force her to eat, you beg her to eat. What do you do? Yes. What do you do? Well, you get help for yourself. I look at the, your son. You get help for yourself and your, your children. And, and your children, and that's what you do. And... And you don't pretend like the children aren't being affected well, by it. Well, and that's the other are. thing. This thing that I pray, and I was so glad when you, you know, I yeah. pray that my children are, are okay. Uh-huh. Well, that can't be answered. No. Not that prayer. Because no. it is impossible that your children are okay yeah. when you are evaporating and you are begging and then being angry because yeah. he said, because I hate when my dad gets angry. God works through people. Right. What, God's, God's, what, you're waiting on God and God's waiting on you. Right. Okay. To show up. Yeah, to show up. Has this brought some clarity to you? Yes. It's been eye-opening for you? Very. If nothing else, I hope it's been eye-opening for you. Because you don't go down with the ship. And that's so important for everybody else watching for whatever circumstance they're in. Whatever. You don't go down with no, the ship. No, that's not love. Love is not going down with no. the ship. Lauren says that she is the funny fat girl. And her friends and family will be shocked to hear that she's hiding this much pain. In college, I was the most popular girl on campus. I was very outgoing, very outspoken, very articulate, just a fun-loving, the life of the party. I was voted Miss Lincoln University, so I was very confident. I don't feel that anymore. I hate what I've become because I wasn't happy with the fact that I had two failed marriages. I began to eat, and it was a way of coping with the the reality, I gained 20 pounds after my first divorce. I gained another 40 pounds after my second divorce. And my overeating was my way of, of dealing with the pain that I was feeling because it was a rejection. The fact that somebody doesn't want to be with you hurts. Now, Lauren has gained over 100 pounds and is married for the third time. I married my personal trainer. And whenever I have an argument with my husband, I binge on junk food. It makes me forget about what's going on. And then I feel better. I would end up eating some of it in the bathroom because nobody will come in there and see that I'm eating it. Lauren says her husband verbally abuses her daily about her weight. My husband calls me fat ass. He often tells me, when I leave you, you'll see, you'll see what your worth is. Nobody wants to be with a fat girl. He always makes me feel like I'm nothing. It just hurts for someone that you love to constantly talk about you. I cry every day. 
I feel embarrassed. I feel defeated and disappointed. I'm a smart person. And how do smart people make bad choices? Such bad choices. And it hurts. There's what's so fascinating to me is that knowing what we know about uh, marriage and why you marry who you marry, and you would be drawn to somebody who does exactly to you uh, to make you feel about yourself the way you already feel. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like you partnered with someone who will articulate for your you. inner voice. Yeah. And your inner voice hates you. Yeah. And so you partnered with somebody in two ways. One, who will criticize you verbally abuse you, and we need to be clear that when people are calling us names, that is abuse. Mm -hmm. But also to marry a personal trainer with maybe the hopes that he will help me get myself together, mm -hmm. but actually he becomes the wounder. Mm -hmm. It would be like someone marrying me who doesn't want to deal with their emotional issues. Yeah. And then saying, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is the biggest nightmare of my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, like, yeah. you know, this is, but it is the same thing. Yeah. That's true. So that means you gained all this weight. You married someone who would harm you. Why? Because you needed a clearer picture about how deep the injury really yeah. is. Yeah. What is this person here to teach me yes. or to show me? That's yes. the best question. About myself. OK, so tell me how this is connected to. Well, because, it, and it's the flip side of the coin. The not eating, and you're nodding, and the overeating is self-hatred. It means I don't feel worthy. And, I, and when your piece just talked about mm -hmm. rejection, that's a huge, huge connection between those two stories, that you feel unworthy, that you feel like something is wrong with you on the inside, mm -hmm. and so does Lee. And so they are harming themselves to prove that something is wrong. So what do you think actually is wrong? What's missing? I think that I lack control for myself. I, uh, I feel like when, she, when you talked about the rejection, it's like when you're so popular and everybody wants to be with you, for someone to leave you, it's like, how dare you leave me? Mm. And I feel like I'm not worthy. So what's big about that, Oprah, is that when someone leaves us, mm -hmm. if we take their leaving and their rejection as if something's wrong with me, mm -hmm. instead of maybe something's wrong with them. But we don't think that. We you have, have to be, be real grown up to get to you that. You have to though. be very grown up. Yeah. And that's part of what and that's part of really. what <laughs> of what you and I are committed yeah. to doing, helping people, all of us, grow ourselves up yeah. so I don't take somebody else's garbage yeah. and make it my script. No, but I've for been my a girl, like in my twenties, I tell this story. I was holding on to the bumper of the dots and Z as he's pulling off. So oh, sure. I'm holding on to thinking I can hold the dots and Z and keep it from moving. <laughs> I'm holding on to it because I think if you leave me. I'm going to die. And I'm going to die because I don't really exist. Yes. Without you. Without you. Without you. Which yeah. means I don't really exist. Yeah, because... but believe me, I grew up from yes. that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. I've grown up from that. But I'm just saying, yeah. I recognize Absolutely. it. I, I, see, I see it in other women. I see it in other women. For your husband to say, who will want you? Who will want a fat girl? Like, you can't leave because, and which is a control issue on his part, I'm, I'm your last chance, is what he's saying. But you believe. And I believe it. See, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You believe that somebody who's calling you Even fat, if he wasn't saying it to her, she, she, she already believes it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
that no one else will want you. And so part of what has to happen right here is we've got to break not his hold on you, but the, that's right, the whole, the lie that lives in you that says that you're unworthy. And if somebody leaves you, you have to be able to say, hallelujah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? And, I had a Medea moment. No, but it, but I know that's what a Medea moment. But but in all but in all honesty, what is very true about that mm -hmm. is when one says that Hallelujah, <laughs> I'm glad someone's gone. What you're really saying is that I am worthy of somebody desiring to be with me. Uh huh. And if they don't want me. I think I need to learn how to love myself independent of my relationships. Yes. I think I look to my relationships to make me complete. Yes. And where, where and did they that They can't do, do that. They, they can't. can't. They and, can't. And where did that start? Because, see, that doesn't start with a man. That starts before we start dating. So where did you start looking for other people to say that you were worthy? I don't know. I guess the pageants and being the queen, they yes. always made me feel like I was the best. Yes. And when that stopped, I look for that in relationships. Yes. So well, pageant. a pageant is just an external thing. That's right. So if you take that and it, to mean anything other than what it is, it's just an mm -hmm. external thing, then you had a false definition of self to begin with if you were using right. that to define I who you I was using were. the pageants to make me feel good because I was shy anyway. Okay. Rejection and eating for me go hand in hand. That's something I have to stop. I have to learn that no matter who rejects me or who doesn't want to be with me, that I'm worthy. Because right now, I don't feel that way. I don't feel worthy. And it's scary. I'm never satisfied with me. So I look for external things to fill that void I feel. I have the cars. I have the furs, I have the wonderful house, and I'm miserable. Lauren gained over 100 pounds after two failed marriages. She's now married to a man who she says calls her a fat ass on a regular basis. Lauren says besides overeating, she's doing something else to numb her pain. Let's take a look. With drinking, you create your own reality. Sometimes people say things that hurt your feelings, and instead of dealing with what they're saying or making a change, you just want to forget about it. When I drink, my friends call me Brandy because I'm a totally different person. I am the free-spirited, fun-loving, doesn't care. Makes me feel like I can do the things or say the things I wouldn't normally say if I wasn't drinking because I'm too ashamed or too embarrassed because I'm, I think someone will say, oh, shut up, fat girl, nobody's listening to you. I have gone on drinking binges before. I have no tolerance for alcohol. So when I drink, it's, I'm on 10 before I even know it. Sometimes it can be scary the next moment because I don't know what really happened. I don't know where I've been, who I've been with. There are times that I've driven home before, but I should have never driven home. I am worried if I don't get my life under control, something bad can happen to me. The part that hurts me the most is sometimes when I wake up, my kids see me like that, and I'm ashamed that they see me on the couch, just passed out, and I don't want them to see me like that anymore. A lot of women turn to alcohol. Why? Because it numbs. It numbs. It numbs, feelings. and it's a distraction. It yes. gives you a sense that you're okay, that you're not hurting. 
um, that the insults, you can let them roll off your back, you think, but it's only because you're high, you're drunk, you're vacant, you're not there. You're not present. I want you to promise me one thing. Promise me, no matter what else you do, you will never drink and get in a car and drive again on national television. Promise me. You think you hate yourself now. You kill somebody else's child. You maim somebody. You cause brain damage. Not to yourself, because you wouldn't care if it was yourself. But you do that to somebody, because I, you, the way the universe works is it keeps trying to show you, keeps trying to show you. And I know a lot of people might not, not understand this, but it's true. You go out and you cause damage to somebody else would be another way for God to get your attention. In the meantime, somebody else's life is destroyed. Because of, because, because of you. And maybe that's what it would have to, and then you would say, well, now I see what I've done. Don't let that happen. Just don't get it. Just let that be one of the rules of your life as you're figuring out. And that alone will be a positive step for you. Don't do that to yourself, because you don't need another lesson. You don't need another Absolutely. lesson, okay? You promise. I promise. So if anybody sees you in a car, <laughs> and, and Oprah, if you like, if you got arrested for drunk driving, I would come down there <laughs> and wear you out, girl. But that she'll see it as a form, yeah. of I'm doing this it's because not... I'm. It's my first step, yeah, in loving myself. It's my first step in being worthy. It's my first step in hearing from God that I am good enough. And so because I'm good enough, I don't want to harm myself and I don't want to cause pain. So it's a step of loving you to not drink and drive. Yeah. And so from what being here, just for this, because all I'm looking for is an aha moment from you, what do you see that you need to do? I need to love myself. I need to stop relying on other people to make me happy. Mm -hmm. I need to find work and happiness within myself. Because all of this is just a manifestation of how I feel about myself. Yes, and what I want to say to everybody who has this an issue, and I've had this as an issue, because all of all our problems boil down to that one thing, do they not? Absolutely. It's about how you value yourself. You have to come to recognize that whoever your mom and your daddy were, what, even if they weren't able to give you what they needed to give you, and most people weren't, mm -hmm. you are worthy because you were born. Start from there. Start from there. Tracy is a mother of two who says she's self-destructing. Take a look. I was 24 years old, and the only thing that I had going for me was the fact at that point I had my looks. That's when Tracy fell in love with Steve, an investment banker. They got married, and soon she was living a whole new lifestyle. When I came into this neighborhood, I felt as though I was on top of the world. I grew up in a house half this size with seven, with six brothers and sisters, you know? And I never thought that I was gonna live like this. I think that my life started to change when I had kids. I feel as though he married me because I was socially acceptable, because I was attractive. Now I'm not that person anymore. I've gained 60 pounds in the past four years. To be a good mother to me meant my needs came last. For my husband and my kids, I shop at higher-end designer stores, and I don't allow myself to buy myself nice clothing. If I do buy myself nice clothing, I, I bring it all back. I don't feel like I'm worthy of spending the money on myself because no matter what happens, it's still gonna clothe this big, ugly body. So what's the point? I perceive myself as 
for lack of a better word, white trash who's just been put in this environment where she's been given all of these opportunities and I still just can't get it together. Tracy feels her husband is repulsed by the way she looks. We have sex occasionally. He never initiates. It's always me seeking him out. I would love for my husband to want to have sex with me. I would love for him to, to have passion for me. And now he doesn't need physical affection from me anymore. It hurts, and I would love for my husband to be proud of the person that I am and to be proud to have me on his arm. I feel like I'm dead on the inside because there's not much to me. Tracy just admitted to us that she feels like trash. And you say? I say that you are really exhibiting what somehow very early in your life was told to you. And so I want to know, because that feeling of trash, being unworthy, doesn't start in adulthood. Absolutely. So where did it start? It absolutely started in my childhood. I've never denied that. The fact that I found this wonderful man who takes such wonderful care of me okay, and my let children. Me, let me stop for a second, because now we're into he's wonderful. And he may be. But I've never felt worthy of having him in my life. OK, but so tell me about that. Meaning, where did you learn that you weren't worthy? I guess that's just the way I grew up, honestly. So, but whom? I mean, you, somebody sent you a message. Uh, we were abused. Okay. okay. Uh, and there's no secret about that. I just wasn't sure that it was something I needed to come out with. Okay. But. So now that you've come out with it, what's important? Because that's not our business. The details. What is important is, do you know how that shaped you? Absolutely. Okay. So then does that mean that you understand that when you talk about how good your husband is, but that you are a piece of trash? Yeah. I, I, this is what I noticed what you, what you were saying. You said, I would love for my husband to be proud of me. I would love for my husband to have me on his arms. And yes. I, love my, I would love my husband to feel passion with me. I would love everything that you were saying about your husband is what you need to feel right. for yourself. Absolutely. Isn't that and, true? Yes. And what was robbed from you as a child. That was stolen from you. And so the focus is always about pleasing someone else. Yeah, and I yourself. think this is important to say. I, I, I would like for everybody to know this. Everything all, because you keep asking everybody, where did this happen before? Yes. It wasn't the 13 years ago. Everything starts in your childhood. Yes. And I know that there are people who don't want to say that or admit that because they're like, oh, now we got to go blaming our mothers. Right. It's not that. No. And no. mothers are like, don't go blaming me. Right. <laughs> What my but and my mother's saying the same thing right now. Yeah. Like, don't go blame it, but yeah, the truth of the matter is you are shaped in your childhood, your beliefs and your values and what you think of yourself. That doesn't change just because you get to be an adult. And what's so important about Oprah, what you just said is that you're talking about the healing happens when we can rewrite the script. So you can see that that's how I got to feel this exactly. way. Exactly. And I don't have to feel that way absolutely, anymore. Absolutely. Because okay. it was rooted in somebody else's lie about, about me you. or somebody else's misery about themselves. Correct. OK. Next, Dr. Robin is going to tell us how all the guests are connected. What do they have in common? Not good enough. Self-hatred. People hear the word self-hatred and they think, ooh, that's not me. But it is you, which means that any time you keep yourself from goodness, yeah. coming into your life yeah. in any form, whether yes. it's losing weight, eating enough, or receiving gifts. Right. Uh -huh. Every time we allow the old script to live again as if it is our own, instead of saying, that was the old script, that's what someone else said about me, 
Now I'm going to write my own script. So maybe I was adopted, and I don't understand why somebody would give me up. But guess what? I'm going to write a new script because I have a husband who loves me, kids who deserve to be nurtured. Maybe two marriages didn't work, and I'm with somebody right now who's calling me names. But I'm going to stop drinking, driving while I'm drinking. I'm also going to stop the verbal abuse. Why? Because I'm worthy. And in this instance, I will begin to allow my husband to nurture me, to gift me, not just with financial because gifts. Because it's about the lies you were told Absol about yourself. That I you think believe. That's, that you believe. It's, that's all it is. It's about the lies you were told and you believed about yourself. And we, and this is true for all of us. As you just got to change the belief. Exactly. As kids, we believe what is told. You're beautiful, you're smart, you're dumb, you're ugly. Whatever it is you were told, we all took it in. And it's now to say, I'm going to break that lie and I'm going to create that which is true about me, that which God says about me, and that which the surrounding healthy community Husbands who love us, not people who call us fat. This is a huge, it's huge. It's huge. huge. You know, all those years I was eating and out of control, and you were saying, you know what 237 is. And I remember that moment where I was at the fight, and it's the, the heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. I weighed more than he did. Um, <laughs> but all those years, I was lying to myself. I thought I just like potatoes. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. And it took me you know, doing shows, because I never had therapy. I could have gotten to it sooner if I'd had therapy, to realize that it yeah. wasn't about the food. That's right. It was about my feeling worthy. That's right. My feeling I was good enough to mm -hmm. own everything. That's right. Not just physically own it, but to emotionally and spiritually own it. And so for everybody, I don't know if there's been abuse in your background or whatever, and if you've been abused, you have to come to terms with the, the, the sense of worthiness. Yes a sense of worthiness, that I am worthy to accept the gifts that I have been given. Absolutely. And that is the work. That is the real work of your life. You know what? As I was watching her earlier with Benton, their son, you can't even imagine That's the true. damage that true. you're doing. The, the, the script will not be written for right. 10 or 12 years from now when you get to see actually what happened because no, of your behavior. No, after seeing that, it's just, oh, no. I'm just beside myself. That's just torn me up. Well, you so. need to be beside enough to do something. Okay. And beside yourself and get in yourself. Get in yourself. Yeah. Okay, we're out of time. Way out. Bye. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.